So hello, this week's podcast is hosted by yours truly, Diamond McCoy, um, executive liaison of MBSA, and today we'll be discussing navigating post-grad life with a former MBSA alum and BSBA grad of 18, Anna Taylor. And for now, I'll just give you a brief introduction about what I, how I'm preparing for post-grad life. I am currently a senior here at UNC studying business and African-American studies with a minor sustainability, and I'll be attending the MAC program here at UNC with hopes of working full-time at PwC in fall of 2021. I'll be interning there this summer, and I didn't have um, a distinct pathway to accounting. I I thought it was a good job opportunity, but then after interning at PwC last summer, I saw that it was a great place and a great environment, and especially a great environment to learn a lot about different industries specifically. And since I do want to do a lot of different things, I thought it would be the best career and best uh, post-grad option for me. However, I would like to get Anna to introduce herself a little bit and tell us more about what she did to prepare herself for post-grad and how she operated post-grad currently. Thank you. So, okay. Thank you. Um, Like Diamond mentioned, I graduated in 2018. Um, Navigating post-grad life was hard at first, but I think UNC prepared me in a lot of ways. Um, so I'd love to go into that. But when it came to picking my career, I was really open. I didn't know what I wanted to do. When I even came to UNC, while I was at UNC, I had no idea. Um, so when I had to choose what kind of career I wanted, I really had to sit down and think about priorities. You know, like what kind of company I would want to work for, what kind of opportunities would I want to have. And that really led me to, again, stay really open and I just, look towards finance. So um, right now I work at Cisco. I am a financial analyst in our Lyft program, which is a rotational program. Um, And that gives me the opportunity to change jobs every six months. So I would love to talk about about that as well and why rotational programs um, really gave me the opportunity to explore my interests. That sounds great. Um, So you said that when you were here, you know, you didn't really know what you wanted to do, but then you mentioned finance. So what really stood out to you about finance that made you want to choose finance as an option? Yeah, when I was at, um, in class, you know, studying like all the intro classes, um, finance was the one that made me feel like I had the most options, made me feel like I could understand a company and really get to know the details about it without pigeonholing myself. Um, So not saying, you know, being in operations or other career paths pigeonholes you, but I, since I didn't know what I wanted to do, I didn't want to say, you know, maybe go down consulting and maybe feel like I couldn't do anything else. And I liked how finance gave me the opportunity to understand the background of a company and how a company functions. So when you study, you know, the P&L or the income statement for a company, you really understand, you know, how our products work, how we sell the products, how our costs work, everything. And that made me feel like I could do anything. It, I don't know how, but it did. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I've always liked math. Um, maybe it wasn't my passion, but I was good at it. I felt comfortable with it. 
and I would joke when I was a kid that I would be, you know, you know, kids would say, oh, I'm going to be the rock star or I'm going to do this. I would say, oh, I'll be your manager. Mm-hmm. I would manage your money. Mm-hmm. Like I never wanted to be the rock star. So I think it was kind of divine intervention, just me going towards that because I felt comfortable and it felt kind of normal for me to manage money and handle money. So that's, that's yeah. funny. I used to say that I was going to just be a boss. I don't know. <laughs> so I think we're on the same page with that. Um, so you uh, mentioned, I can't exactly recall exactly how you said it, but it, it made me think about, for those we have, we have listeners who aren't necessarily interested in finance particularly, but they're interested in business. Do you have any advice to those interested in business or a business job and they're, maybe they're studying something similar to finance, maybe econ or anything? Do you have any um, advice for them operating that decision of whether they should go into something like finance? Yeah, it's, it's a hard choice. I would say if you aren't a senior, definitely try to get an internship in finance. Um, because finance isn't for everybody. That's not how everyone's mind works. Um, and it might not be interesting for everyone. So if you have time, definitely try to get an internship or some kind of opportunity to do a finance-like role. But otherwise, there are lots of ways to understand a company beyond finance. Um, some companies have more of like operations type of roles where you're kind of not managing the money, but you're managing the function and how different groups work that will really give you good insight into how a company works so maybe finding roles like that where you're not necessarily managing money and looking at the back end there but understanding how we sell products or understanding how we ship our products any detail like that will also give you really good background um that that leads me to several questions (laughs) but one i'm very curious uh what kind of internships did you have before you yeah so I actually only had one internship and it was with Cisco in the finance department Um, when I was a sophomore I wanted an internship and I didn't get one so I applied I applied I applied didn't get one and again I know that's something that a lot of people deal with they struggle with it's not the end of the world Mm -hmm. Um, you'll be okay I would suggest definitely go and try for one but if you don't get one it's gonna be all right Um, So I did not get one that summer, and I chose to do a study abroad program. And so I went on the South Africa GIE, and then, damn, that was really fun. Um, (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) I went on the South Africa GIE, and then I just worked for the summer. So, you know, maybe not as exciting as someone who got to go to a Fortune 500 company or something, but I worked, I got to travel to South Africa, and then the summer after that, I went to Cisco to intern in the Lyft program, and that was my first introduction to finance. I did um, what we consider an OPEX role, so it's like a headcount management role where you're, you know, looking at salary and personnel cost, and that's where it all started. Wow, I have, again, so many questions, (laughs) but one, I know that some people get really discouraged when they don't get that internship they wanted, or they don't get one at all, and they feel like they're doing, you know, dead-end jobs for the summer or not doing a job at all, but... Can you try to tell listeners how you replicated or how you made those those things that you did during the summer applicable when you were in your interview for your following internship with Cisco? Yeah, that's a good point. So um, having an internship is definitely not the only way to have opportunities or roles post-grad. Um, you really have to take whatever you do and make it count. So whether that's volunteering, whether that's being in a student organization like MB- MBSA, anything like that, the way that you talk about it and the way that you stay involved will always be 
helpful to a company or important for your resume. Um, it's all about how you think about it. Um, in terms of staying positive, you know, you just have to because, <laughs> and I think that's something a lot of people in our generation struggle with. Um, if you don't, you know, maybe have certain milestones that you met at certain ages, you feel like you are a failure. Mm-hmm. But success comes in many different forms and at many different ages and especially post-grad I am learning that and feeling that more and more I think um you know I still today struggle with the idea like oh I could have done this I could have done that I could have been this you know constantly comparing yourself to what other people are doing but you kind of have to let that one go and know that your time and whatever you are meant to do will come and it will happen um so just staying positive in that while also knowing that the things that you're doing now will matter. Mm-hmm. Some way, shape, or form, they will. So I would say definitely stay involved or get involved in more things. You know, if you feel like the role that you're doing or whatever you're doing during that summer where you didn't have an internship doesn't matter, try to fill your time with other things that you feel like would help, whether that's volunteering or student organizations. And then work on your resume and how to talk about that during interviews so that it's relevant to your roles because you can make anything relevant (laughs) especially when it comes to how like companies nowadays everything matters you know not only the hard skills like financial data and analyzing things but also how do you communicate with people how do you organize your thoughts how do you do different things more of the soft skills all of that matters so don't be discouraged if you know your path isn't going the way you think because everything is applicable this is good sure. stuff. This is really good stuff. I'm uh, curious to know how you maintained your relationship with Cisco after your internship. Because I know some people, like, they got that internship and then they didn't necessarily get an offer immediately right after the internship, or maybe they did. But how do you, how did you maintain your relationship with Cisco after your internship? Yeah. So Cisco was actually pretty fast at sending out offers. Mm-hmm. I think after maybe two weeks after we left, they were sending out offers. And I didn't initially accept right away because I was keeping my options open, as I would suggest everyone do. Um, But during that time when I was thinking, you know, I just say would stay in constant communication with people. And even before your internship is over, you know, connect with people on LinkedIn, send thank you emails or thank you notes to the people that helped you along the way, whether that's big or small, including people that you maybe had coffee chats with, like everyone. And I would say write down their contact information, Um, because you'll probably have like a company email that you won't have access to when the internship's over. So write down all that information so that if you wanted to talk to them afterwards, you could. Mm -hmm. And then I would definitely say keep that communication open, especially when you're, you know, you have your offer and maybe you're looking for other roles as well. Be open about that. Not necessarily say, you know, well, I have 15 other offers, so I'll get (laughs) back to you. You know, don't say it like that, but say, you know, you're just exploring your options and you would you're still keeping that company in consideration Um, because it's important to keep those lines of communication open Mm -hmm. so that they know what you're doing you know you don't want them to have a bad impression of you just because you're like holding off or looking for better things and you might be but they don't need to know that (laughs) yeah not like that at least (laughs) yeah not like that (laughs) um again good stuff good stuff i am curious to know how you prepared so i'm guessing you you got your offer two weeks after from cisco and then you you try to you know look for other offers and things of that nature. But at some point, I'm sure you knew that you had a job and it was secured. And how did you begin to prepare yourself for that full time 
job love, job work, life thing that would come soon. Yeah, so I think I had a leg up because I had a lot of time to figure that out. Um, it I had several months, and I didn't start until August after I graduated. So I had May, June, and July to figure out my life. Um, so that kind of comes back to keeping your contacts and their information, um, because I just asked people kind of how should I prepare who actually already worked there. So I asked them, you know, where should I live? What's like a cool location to live in? Because I'm not from this area. Um, I would never really been to Raleigh before. I know that sounds crazy, but I had never been there. <laughs> Tell the people where you're so, from. I'm from D.C. <laughs> yes, I'm from D.C. That's where I was born and raised. I should have mentioned that. Um, and my first time like spending time in North Carolina was when I came to UNC. So I was very new. Didn't know where anything was. Didn't know anything. Never really heard a whole lot of country music like that. It was Everything was new. Everything was new. And so I didn't know where to live. And thankfully in the program, we had a lot of mentorship programs on, and they just kind of gave us people to talk to who were closer to our age, because in my program, everyone's very early in career. So having that mentor was helpful because I could ask her instead of maybe, you know, a manager, I could ask her where, you know, where do you live or where should I buy a car or where, you know, anything like that. So there's a lot of things you have to consider. Um, Consider what kind of environment do you want to live in? Do you want to live, you know, downtown or in a quiet suburb? What kind of car? How far from work do you want to live? Um, How much money do you need to save up in order to afford the place you want to be in? Because apartments have deposits Mm -hmm. and fees Mm -hmm. and you got to get furniture. And so think about what kind of budget you want to give yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) when it comes to preparing for post-grad life. And actually, one class that really helped me was the personal finance class. Mm, Chip. Yes. Chip's class. class, I really enjoyed it. It's a very (laughs) informal class. You know, you're just talking, but you're actually doing stuff that is pretty helpful. So, you know, they talked about your credit score. Mm -hmm. I didn't really learn that until later. Um, They talk about credit cards. You talk about taxes. You talk about setting up a budget. Um, That's something I had to learn as well. You know, when you're in college, maybe you don't think about your budget the way that you should when you start getting paid Mm -hmm. but um I had to figure out you know how much should I pay in rent and then back into where I should live based on that how much should I pay for a car note back into what kind of car I could afford Mm -hmm. based on that how much should I pay for groceries for going out how much money should I save for retirement that's something you have to consider um so I would say taking that class and just doing your own personal research really helps And then when it came to navigating the work life part of it, I was in an organization or it was really a program called Management Leadership for Tomorrow. I was in their career prep program um, and that really helped me understand how do I navigate being an employee? What kind of things should I do? Like coffee chats, one-on-ones with managers, stuff like that, networking. So that kind of stuff really helped. And thankfully, MLT is open to people of all, you know, age ranges and parts of their career. So keep them in mind in the future. <laughs> and if you're a sophomore, apply now. <laughs> no, really. Well, actually, when does that application close? Um, Very soon, I yeah. think. <laughs> it's approaching. So if you are going to do it, please do it. Yeah. Um, and of course, you have Anna here. And I think there's a few other people in MBSA who are a part of MLT that can give you more information um but i am curious to know since you did bring up personal finance and credit scores and things of that things of that nature we actually talked about this at our post 
post-grad, navigating post-grad event on yesterday and a lot of people had questions about how to build your credit. How did you, so how did you build, start building your credit? Because, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's, it's, it seems like it's too late, like once you're out there in the world to not have credit and it's time to buy a car. So how did you mm. navigate those kinds of things? Yeah, it may feel too late, but it's not. Um, <laughs> so I know that's going to be a theme with this. You know, it's never too late to change the trajectory of anything. Mm -hmm. um, so coming out of college, my credit score wasn't that great. I didn't have a credit card, and I, so I had no credit history beyond student loans, which is not the best credit history to have. <laughs> um, so when I first started paying back those student loans, and that was the only thing I was doing. I was just paying back student loans. That was the only thing on my credit history. And then I got a car, started paying that, and then it wasn't until a few months later that I got a credit card. Now, I'm not saying you have to wait. It was more of just me waiting. Um, but I would say test the waters. You don't have to jump into everything right away. And, you know, if you don't feel comfortable maybe trying everything all in the same month, because those first few months out, it's going to be hard to balance, like, all those due dates and, you know, all these things you have to pay at once. It's okay to baby step it. You know, if you wait three months to get a credit card, it's not going to change, you know, your ability to buy a house in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if you want to wait. And then when I say for when you're looking for credit cards, it doesn't matter which one you get. But my biggest advice is to never carry a balance. Mm -hmm. um, I think that helped me the most with, with building my credit score as well as just being more responsible with money so that I don't run into debt. Um, not only are you going to pay a lot of interest when you carry a balance, it's just not good it's better to it helps you manage your spending so that you're not overspending and you build your credit at the same time I think it works now there are some people who say don't get a credit card I would suggest at least one yeah. I don't think it will hurt you as long as you are careful and you're okay with paying it off every month mm -hmm. if you can do that get one mm -hmm. if you can't it's okay to hold off you won't it won't be the end of the world right I don't know if this is too too poachy in your business but I'm curious did you when you did get a credit card what did you get with one with your bank or did you try to get one of the outside ones? yeah that's a good point actually so to make it easier on myself I got one with a bank that I was already banking with that where my money was already there mm -hmm. made it super easy for me to transfer in you know all that stuff if you want to get one that's super fancy again as long as you're okay with paying off every month and you know how to get that money into the accounts and all that stuff cool if you feel like that will be a challenge at first just start with you know your local bank is fine right um i also wanted i'm curious because you it seems like you i don't know if you knew all of this coming in or not so what um are some things that no one told like the one the, some things that people told you and what are things that people didn't tell you about this like whole post-grad experience of credit cards and all of that yeah that's a good point um i think money in general is you know super taboo and people don't tell you um I think most of the stuff, the general stuff, I learned actually in that personal finance class or through my own research, like on YouTube, stuff like that. There is stuff that you hear kind of like in hearsay, but I mean, I really did not know a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to credit cards, the biggest one that I did not know was that you should only pay or you know only use about 30% of your credit limit did not know that mm -hmm. and that was that's a big game changer mm -hmm. people don't know that and they constantly go over 
and it hurts them and they're probably wondering like I have a credit card I'm paying it off I'm never late on my payments why is my credit score going down that could be one of them um, so that also was really important and then I learned I'm learning a lot more about taxes and so I filed taxes for the first time last year well first time officially as an adult I have filed them in the past but this was like the first big Single. girl taxes mm-hmm. yeah um, that was interesting <laughs> because I had like a 401k <laughs> and was I had to include my student loans in there um, you can file on your own but there's a lot of different forms you have to collect so I would say maybe your parents have talked to you about filing taxes and how many different forms and paperwork you have to get together but I never thought about it until it was time so I would recommend do not wait till the last minute (laughs) don't wait until March 31st don't wait do it as soon as you can but also make sure you have every like all the files for every type of account you have whether that's a 401k or a Roth or anything like that just make sure you have it all ready so that you can do it in a timely manner because you don't want to wait too late and that just causes you more problems so no myths or urban legends about the post-grad experience well I mean most people were pretty honest with me about it in terms of like it's hard Mm -hmm. but I will I mean it is difficult I'm not gonna lie it's hard but you can do it you just have to be patient with yourself and you know don't put too much pressure on yourself in terms of what kind of milestones you need to meet now obviously like stick to your budget <laughs> that's also really budget. difficult yeah get a budget <laughs> stick to your budget and try your best to be financially responsible but also have fun mm-hmm. you know you should travel like you should do all those things while you're young and healthy and have a lot of interests like participate in things don't shut yourself off from the world but also you know be as responsible as you can right. so yeah you know maybe some people here you know while you're young you should be just saving 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 I agree you should but don't do that as an expense of life experiences mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh and take your PTO that's another one that you yeah your paid time off oh um people don't you know you might hear like a, a lot of adults older adults they don't really use their PTO mm-hmm. please use your PTO <laughs> it's given to you it's out there use it take that time off decompress even if it's just you're gonna sit in your apartment for an extra day (laughs) that's okay but use it you don't want it to go to waste because in some companies it does expire Mm -hmm. or you know you lose it if you don't use it and that's that's a waste Mm -hmm. for you to not use your PTO so that's one another myth or thing that people don't do that Mm -hmm. you should do I think I'm I'm hold on to that one because I know a lot of a lot of people in the older generation they say save it up so you can retire early so you know but yeah yeah check your company policy because every company is different every organization is different and they might expire and that just hurts you mm-hmm. in the long run I agree um, so I'm really curious you kind of brought this up a little bit but I know a lot of us as college students we have our friend groups we have the people that we hang out with and they're next to us all not next to us all the time but they're very close to us and they're in the same proximity we're in the same city but after we graduate we're we're lost we're dispersed around the the country sometimes um so how have you navigated this like with your friends your family partner whatever it may be we may have you um yeah how are you navigating your relationships after graduating and how are you having fun also yeah, so I think that's one part that I could do better at 
trying to maintain those relationships, it's really, really hard. You know, I think everyone can relate to the relationships that kind of fizzled out after they left high school. Everyone knows that. And the same thing will happen in college. I think it's easier with social media to at least know that the person's still alive and they seem to be doing well. But, you know, try your best to reach out. Just send them a quick text. Um, maybe visit them or plan trips. I, I like going places, so if my friends are cool with hanging out or traveling to a place, like I went with one of my friends to New Orleans last year, that was really fun. Um, doing that kind of stuff will help to maintain those relationships. And it, it's important. You should have friends. <laughs> um, and of course, spend time with your family as much as you can. It's hard for me since my family lives in D.C., um, so I try to see them as often as I can, and that's where the PTO comes in and all that stuff. So try your best, but it is hard. And again, don't be hard on yourself if you turn around and you realize you haven't talked to a friend in three months. Like, that's okay. It all happens to all of us, but you can always change, you know, the trajectory going forward for the next three months, the next three years even. And um, I know I kind of snuck this in at the end of that last question, but how do you have fun when you're not going to, unless traveling is like the, your go-to all the time, but do you have any hobbies that, you're, that you do outside of work? Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty simple. Um, <laughs> after work, I like to relax, go get food, hang out with friends. Um, when it comes to, it kind of relates to, you know, hanging out with your friends and doing different things outside of your work environment. It's okay to also hang out with people you work with. So I'm in a rotational program. Everyone is my age. So we're friends. We hang out and that's okay. And it's actually awesome if you can find those relationships and you can find people that you trust in your work environment that you are comfortable with hanging out with outside of work. So I, we do that a lot. I like playing games. So I like doing game nights mm -hmm. with my friends and yeah, going to get different food. I would love to find more hobbies. That was supposed to be one of my goals for 2020, so I'll keep this you updated. How many months left? 11? <laughs> right, we got time. Yeah, I, I would like to find more hobbies. I was better at the hobbies when I was younger, which I think everyone can relate to. You know, as you get older, you just, you're tired. Mm -hmm. You know, you're at work for hours. For hours. You don't necessarily want to do anything after work, and that's okay, too. Mm -hmm. I like watching my TV shows. You know, keeping it simple. That's okay too. Mm. But don't be discouraged and you know, it's you can pick a hobby whenever. Right. You can pick one up whenever. So Alright. So as we get ready to wrap it up, I do wanna know this one thing. So since you say you watch a lot of T V, what's your favorite thing to watch? <sighs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so I watch a lot. I'm just gonna tell you all the things I watch because <laughs> that will be easier than to pick a favorite. So right now, I watch Grey's Anatomy, uh -huh. I watch um, This Is Us a lot, I just finished The Circle on Netflix, mm -hmm. I really like that. Oh, that one's funny. <laughs> I would recommend that one. Um, yeah, I watch a lot of like drama shows, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I like movies too. <laughs> In terms of favorites, I would probably say it's the Grey's Anatomy, this, this Is Us, like, genre. That's that's probably my fave, for sure. Probably on that one. Yeah. Um, and as we actually close for for this time, what would you, uh, sorry, what do you want to do next or accomplish next after Cisco or in Cisco? How does, 
moving forward look like for you? That's a good question. I think that's one that is changing every day. And I would say for some people should change every day. Like it's awesome to have different interests. And as a person who had what I would say is too many interests and that made it really confusing for me, it's cool now to look into the future and realize I can do so many different things and that's kind of encouraging. So I have a lot of interest in diversity and inclusion work and no matter what I do, whether that's staying in finance or being in a different company or being in a different function at Cisco, I would love to stay involved with that in one way, shape, or form. So that's definitely top of my list to always be involved with diversity and inclusion. In terms of exactly what I want to do next, I want to graduate my program. That'll be in September of 2020 mm-hmm. and then pull into a role that I really, really love. You know, five to 10 years from now, who knows? <laughs> maybe going back to school, maybe working at a different company, who knows? I'm really open to it, but I know that it'll be good. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Anna. It has been a pleasure to have you here here on our show today. And I hope everyone heard. It is never too late to change your mind. It is okay. And no matter what other people have told you that you're too late at, you're not too late. Just keep going. So thank you so much for listening. Oh.